Open your Bibles, if you would, to Exodus chapter 4. Tonight we conclude our time at the burning bush. Next week we'll look at Moses' return to Egypt. Exodus chapter 4. We will begin at verse 10, Moses' final objection, or fourth and final objection. Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth, or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and teach you what you shall say. But he said, O my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever you may send. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well, and look, he is also coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people, and he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. And you shall take this rod in your hand, with which you shall do the signs. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us. You are the Lord of human help. We need your assistance tonight. Give us ears to hear. You make the deaf. Give us ears. Open our hearts to see with the truth of your word. Help us to grapple with this hard saying that you send disability. Help us to know you as the Lord of human ability. Help me to speak boldly and accurately in those things which are fitting to glorify you and to edify your saints tonight. Thank you, Father, for a warm place in which to meet and to worship you in safety. We praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we noted a few weeks ago, Moses gives five objections to God. We've looked in detail at the first three of those objections. Tonight we come to the fourth, which is, I'm disabled, and then the fifth, which is, please send somebody else. What we'll see is that God shows himself to Moses as the Lord of human ability and therefore of disability, but also as the Lord of human help. God shows himself as Lord of human ability and disability, but also as the Lord of human help. Moses starts with this plea, I'm disabled. His countryman Ben Shapiro may be known for his ability to talk quickly. Moses is the opposite of that. And as I mentioned, the commentators generally believe that he's talking about a genuine physical disability. Something that, some kind of speech impediment or thinking impediment that prevents him from spitting the words out quickly. 
generally fast-talking people are considered to be more persuasive than slow-talking people. All of us know some of those slow-talkers where you ask them a question and then while you wait for the response, you start to wonder if they've gone to sleep. Did they hear you? Moses says, that's who I am. I will never be able to convince Pharaoh. Now we as readers laugh. We say, well, you seem to be holding your own with the Almighty pretty well. But Moses seems to think that this is some kind of ace in the hole. You won't listen to my other objections? Fine. Here's one you can't top, God. I'm disabled. Can't do it. Physically impossible. And what's God's answer? Do you think I don't know and control that too? Moses, your disability is from me. And God rattles off four things, only one of them positive. Mute, deaf, seeing, blind. God controls them all. If you wear glasses, that's from God. If you wear hearing aids, that's from God too. If you can say 150 words a minute and think that fast, that's a gift from God. God is returning Moses to the basic lesson of creation and providence. I made man's mouth. The ability of your mouth is exactly what I designed it to be. Well, this is a hard saying. God is taking credit for disability. I gave you, or better, I took from you, I deprived you of this thing that most other people have. Whether it's taking away your ability to digest gluten, involving you in an accident. Our tenant came home from NARM this morning and said that somebody lost a finger last night. Or some kind of even worse ailment, crippling, disability, sickness. God takes the credit here. People who can't talk, I did that. People who can't see, I did that. People who can't hear, I did that. Was it not I, the Lord? Now we know that God does not perform moral evil. He will never do anything wrong. And we say, well, Lord, if I disabled somebody, that would be wrong. That would be moral evil. God is reminding us that He's not our peer. He is our Creator. And this is a hard, hard lesson to learn. 
It takes a lifetime of struggle to submit, to learn to submit to the providence of God in our disabilities. To not charge God with wrong, to not be angry at Him for taking our health or our ability to speak or our ability to walk or our digestion our money, our child, any of these things. God is saying, I'm in charge. I created you. I lead you down the path I have for you. Now in that, though, God doesn't simply say, I made you and that's it. Now, what he doesn't do is approach this therapeutically. If Moses was waiting to hear a, Moses, I'm so sorry. That must be really painful for you. He was going to wait a long time. Jesus did weep at the tomb of Lazarus, but he did not apologize to Mary and Martha. If you're waiting for God to say, I was wrong to take your ability, I was wrong to take your health, and I was wrong to take that thing that you miss every single day, that relationship, that family member, that child, that job, that whatever, lifestyle, right? you will wait forever. God will not apologize for the gifts or the needs that he has given you. Your family background, your life in poverty, your childhood malnutrition or mistreatment. Right? You name it. God says, I did it. And I take the credit for it. And you will learn to submit to it. But in that, he is with us. Go. Have not I the Lord? Now therefore, go. Right? An imperative. Not a therapeutic apology, but an in-your-face demand that Moses do exactly what God says and do it right away. But in that, I will be with your mouth. And teach you what you shall say. The point is not your ability. The point is God's presence in your disability. And the same goes for the flip side. On the flip side, our abilities, our successes, we're happy to rake in the credit, to bask in the glory. That was me. I did it. Yep. Thank you, God. Thank you, people. You all can continue to clap. God similarly is saying, who makes the seeing? Who makes the eloquent? Who makes the healthy? Who makes those with good family backgrounds? Who makes those with large salaries? Who makes those 
with joyful relationships. Is it not I, the Lord? Disability is not something that God will apologize for, nor is an ability something he will let you or me take the credit for. I made man's mouth. I gave you the ability to see and to talk. I gave you the ability to hear and to turn your food into nourishment and to walk from one end of the room to the other. That was me, Yahweh. Do we know this lesson of contentment? The lesson that God is with us in our disabilities and in our abilities. Our abilities are not ours to glory in. Our needs are not things for which God will apologize to us later on and say, yeah, that was a little tough on you. I shouldn't have done that. But if, the world, if God says, I shouldn't have done that, then God is wrong. God is never wrong. Therefore, he will never apologize. So how do we learn the lesson of contentment in whatever state we are, success or failure, wealth or poverty, sickness or health? Moses had learned the lesson in 40 years of obscurity or thought he had. Clearly though, when God says, I'm about to take you out of obscurity and use you, Moses says, no, I haven't learned to submit to your providence, God. Uh Uh-uh, stop. We learn this lesson by knowing that God is with us. The success or the failure alike are His. And that doesn't mean we should be lazy, that we should stop doing our homework, that we should not make the effort to be prepared and bring our stuff. But it does mean that when we've done all that we can to mitigate our disabilities, to get hearing aids, to get crutches, to take digestive pills, to whatever it might be, when we've done that, there still remains the recognition that everything we do depends on God. Everything we are, He made us. Psalm 139, All that I am, I owe to Thee, Thy wisdom, Lord, has fashioned me. You may have no money, No political power, no digestion, no health, no happiness, no home. But God is with you. They lose nothing who gain Christ. Sometimes he helps directly by being with you. But usually he sends human help. And that, of course, is where God goes with this. Aaron the Levite, your brother. And God sends this help even after getting angry at Moses. Moses mounts his fifth and final objection with these words, O my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever you may send. 
A couple of different ways to read that. The NIV is, please send somebody else. It might mean that. Slightly more likely, I think, is the fine, whatever. God, you win. Not only because bake whatever you will bake and boil whatever you will boil later in Exodus means bake what you want, and therefore sin by whomever you will sin means sin whom you want, but also because we so often respond to God's providence in our life, and especially His providence in disabling us and giving us needs in this exact way. Okay, God, I've fought you on this for 5, 10, 15 years. Fine, I'll stop fighting. Have it your way. So I just, I won't be able to get my youth back. I won't be able to have the skill I used to have before I broke that limb. I won't be able to read the things I used to read before I had the stroke. I won't be able to whatever it was that you used to do that you loved. Fine. I submit, but I still think you're wrong. Is that submission? To with a very ill grace, let God know that he is wrong this time. Lord, okay, you're almighty. You're usually right. I'll give you that. You know more than I do. I'll give you that. But on this one, you messed up. You did the wrong thing this time. We've all said it. Some of us have said it out loud. As like Moses. Whatever, Lord. If it's going to be your way, it's going to be your way. But you're still not treating me right. Brothers and sisters, the secret of contentment is to do away with that huffy, I can't believe you would act like this, God, attitude. Moses lets himself have that attitude, and what happens? The anger of God burns against Moses. Perhaps the fire in the bush flared up at him. Somehow he knew that God was angry. I said it a few weeks ago, don't make God angry by refusing to submit to his providence in your life. Don't do it. How can you not do it? Well, you have to trust, you have to believe that God is always right. Even when it seems like this time he's wrong. Right, so now, in the good times, get to know him. Build that trust. Have a better understanding of who your Heavenly Father is. Know that He won't do the wrong thing. 
but also cry out to him. And listen to his commands. What does he tell Moses? You will submit. God doesn't even let it come up for discussion. After Moses says, whatever, God says, I'm sending your brother. You're going to do this. The Almighty doesn't even mention the possibility of Moses not doing it. That's off the table. We're not discussing what will happen if you refuse Moses because you are not going to refuse anymore. We've been through five objections. That's enough. You will submit to my calling. Don't you love Moses? Oh my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever you may send. I call you Lord, but I don't mean it. If you call him Lord, then by that very title, you're admitting that he has the right to take anything and everything. He can take your health. He can take your abilities. He can take your stuff or your friends. He has that right. He has the right to send you on whatever mission or task he wants. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Apparently that really bothered Jesus. To be addressed that way all the time. And have people say it like it doesn't mean the one in charge. That's what Lord means. Is God Lord or not? Does he have the right to decide what your life will be like or not? Will you submit to his calling or not? That was the issue between God and Moses. And that all the time, pretty much every day, it comes up somewhere, is the issue between God and us. God tells Moses, your adequacy, or not, is not the issue. Your psychological readiness for this has nothing to do with it. If you're sure that God would never have called you to be a mom, if only he knew how much you need to work outside the home, if you're sure that God would never have called you to work in retail, if he only knew how many creative ideas are bubbling through your brain, then you're in the position of Moses here. God, I'm not fit for this calling. You've made a mistake. I belong over there. But I'm single tonight. I belong in the married camp. I'm married tonight. I belong in the single camp. You name it. God says, Moses, get your mind off the adequacy question. You are not the judge of whether you're the one to do this job. I'll tell you whether you're the one to do this. Don't insist that you know better than God. He knows better than you and he treats you better than you deserve. Look at his gifts to Moses. First, he gives him a brother, Levite, to help. Aaron, I know he can speak well. 
And of course, the text goes on to show us that he can speak so well, he built the golden calf. Speaking well is not always a blessing to those who can do it. Those of us whose gifts are in our tongues can think of many, many times when our tongue has done something that we now regret. Aaron had that gift. And God gives him to him. Gives Moses this gift. A brother, a Levite, who will be good where Moses is weak. You've got a disability? Here's somebody who's very strong exactly where you need it. Where have you seen God act like this in your life? In your life? Where have you provoked him to anger only to see him turn around and bless you in the very area that was in dispute between you and him. He's given us, as he gave to Moses, a brother to help. We have a whole church full of brothers and sisters to help. If we can drop our pretense that we have no needs. Like this body only has gifts in it. What a wonderful church in which to be. Everybody here can give. Nobody needs to receive. No, we all have gifts and needs in the body. We all are called to give and we're called to receive. God gives brothers and sisters to help. He gives Moses aid precisely in his weakness. You can't talk? I'm not giving you a speechwriter. I'll do one better. I'll be your speechwriter. And I'll give you a spokesman. So God will write the speeches. Aaron will give the speeches. But Moses, you're still the point man. God gives Moses extraordinary help. And he continues to provide words to his servants. As you listen to the Bible, you're hearing the words of God. As you listen to faithful preaching, you're hearing the words of God. God will aid you in performing the tasks to which he's called you. Even extraordinarily difficult tasks like motherhood. God helps us in the things that he tells us to do. And certainly he shows that by helping Moses. I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. His final gift to Moses is this staff, the rod of God, which later parts the Red Sea, turns the Nile into blood, does all kinds of extraordinary miracles. Moses may not have wanted to go, but he could hardly say he was being sent unequipped so long as he had the wonder-working rod in his hand. You may not feel ready to obey God, but he will give you what you need to obey him. He will give you what you need to submit to him. How do we know that? 
because he's provided the ultimate help for the human condition. Right? What's our greatest disability? Sin. And what's the solution? Something better than a wonder-working rod or a quick-tongued brother. He sent his son, called and equipped his son to deliver his people, not from Egypt, but from this present evil age. If he'll do that, if he'll address your deepest need, he'll address the rest as well. The God who helped Moses is still helping Jesus. Moses triumphed. How much more will Christ triumph? God's called you. To a certain role in your family, in your home, in your church, in your school, in your place of employment. You are in many relationships tonight, and you have a particular calling from God in all of them. Your ability and inability are not the issue, the issue is God's calling. That will triumph. Believe Him. Trust Him and go fulfill your calling. The Lord of human help will go with you. Let's pray. Father, it's easy to preach about disability. It's hard to be disabled. It's hard to lack abilities that the people around you have. Lord, forgive us for thinking that we can guilt trip you into apologizing to us for the disabilities you've sent. Forgive us for neglecting the means of help that you've given us and the callings you've laid on us. Forgive us for our prideful attitude about our own successes and our habit of looking down on those who do have needs and who aren't quite as good at hiding them as we are. Lord, thank you that you know the human condition, that you made the human condition. Teach us tonight to look to the one you helped, the man of your right hand, the son of man you've strengthened for yourself. To see his triumph and to know that in his resurrection we will rise too, free from disability. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.